Welcome to The God Solution, where we discuss answers to humanity's questions about God and God's answers for humanity's questions. I'm Nate Herbst, and I'm glad you're listening. We're here discussing the issue of fear today. We just finished the Crush Fear Summer Project. It was a great time. For all of you students that spent the last two weeks here with us, we already miss you, and it was a wonderful time. We designed the Crush Fear Projects to help students deal with physical personal, relational, and purpose-oriented fears so that they could better become the people that God made them to be and so that they would not be trapped by fear. Fear traps so many of us, and I thought it would be a great topic to talk about today. So I wanted to start with a question. What are your fears? What fears stop you from being the person that God made you to be? I'm going to go through the list of the top fears that people have. This is kind of a list of 20 different fears that most people say that they have. Number one is public speaking. Number two is social interaction. Number three is loneliness and being alone. Number four is rejection. Number five is failure. Number six is embarrassment. Number seven is fearing what other people think. Number eight is sickness and specifically cancer. Number nine is heights. Number 10 is flying. Number 11 is insects. Number 12 is fear of having a panic attack. Number 13, claustrophobia. Number 14, deep water. Number 15, dogs. Number 16, vomit. Number 17, thunder. Number 18, financial problems. Number 19, death. And number 20, the unknown. So those are some of the top fears that people face. You might be familiar with some of those, and you might have others of your own. All you have to do is turn on the news to find things to fear. In the news this week, we have wars everywhere, and those wars don't seem to be getting any better. Beyond the wars, we have this new superbug, this antibiotic-resistant E. coli strain that is infecting and killing lots of people, and it's spreading quite quickly. Also in the news, we have a looming economic double-dip recession. I even heard it referred to this week as the potential for a Great Great Depression. That kind of scares me, and probably a lot of you also. No matter who you are, though, when we look at the news or just the normal day-to-day aspects of life, there is a whole lot to fear. And so I thought it'd be important to talk about fear today and the relief that God gives us from fear. So I wanted to start out first by saying that most fear is in my mind, and it's usually more destructive than the thing I'm fearing. French philosopher Montaigne said, My life has been full of terrible misfortunes most of which have never happened. He was referring to the concept that fear intimidates us and causes us to live a life losing out and entrapped and not able to accomplish what we are here to accomplish. The Bible puts it this way. It says, The sluggard says, There is a lion outside, or I will be murdered in the streets. A lot of times, those same types of thoughts that go on in my head keep me from the life that God intended for me. FDR wisely said, The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. In the Bible, in Jeremiah 46, 28, God tells his people, Fear not, for I am with you. In fact, the command, fear not, is mentioned throughout the Bible numerous times. That's a command. And God never commands us to do something 
that he doesn't empower us for. In other words, if God says, fear not, it is very possible for me to fear not. And today we want to talk about some of the keys to living a life without fear. So most of your fears will never happen to you, but even if they did, you have so much more to look forward to. Those fears kind of encompass four main areas that we're going to discuss today. Number one is physical fears. Those might have to do with danger, economy, sickness, death, things like that, heights, flying. We also have to deal with personal fears. Those types of fears involve insecurities, vulnerabilities, fears of our incompetence, inabilities, weaknesses, etc. Kind of all those internal fears. The third type of fear that a lot of us can relate to is relational fear. We fear rejection. We fear broken relationships. We fear being disliked. So all those types of relational fears. Finally, the last type of fear that really prevents us from being who God made us to be is fears that involve our purpose. A lot of times we can fear not accomplishing what we're here for. And specifically for those of you that have a relationship with God, those fears involve doing what God has called us to do. For example, sharing our faith. A lot of times it can be scary to share our faith, or it can be scary to tell others about Jesus, or it can be scary to take that step and to trust God to use us to impact another human being. So what's been the result of fear in your life? Just think about it for a moment. What fears have caused you to not be who God made you to be? What fears have stopped you from growing? What fears have prevented you from all that you could have been and done without them? See, fear keeps us trapped. Fear keeps us from growing. Fear destroys our confidence. That confidence in Christ in me is limited by my fears, right? So fear keeps us from winning the battle. Fear keeps us from progress. Fear keeps us from being who we should be. Carlos Hathcock was one of the greatest snipers ever. Saving Private Ryan actually modeled their sniper scene where the sniper shoots the other sniper through the scope after Carlos Hathcock. That was a true story that they kind of stole from history and included and incorporated into their movie. Carlos Hathcock is known for having taken on and accomplished a mission that he was guaranteed to die on. It was a tremendous mission where he had to sneak into an enemy camp. It took a few days of crawling on his belly to get within range of this target. And after sneaking in and taking the shot, he had to wait a day or two to be able to get out as soldiers ran all around him. Anyway, I think his story is a phenomenal example of being able to look fear straight in the eyes and saying, I'm going to go on regardless of that fear. I'm going to press through. See, fear keeps us from being who God made us to be, but if we could have that kind of courage where we could look any fearful or scary situation right in the eyes and walk through it, that would be phenomenal. Isaiah 57.11 puts it this way, and this is God speaking. God says, Whom have you so dreaded and feared that you have been false to me? See, fear causes me to be false to God. It causes me to be false to who God has made me to be. It causes me to be false to God working in me. I start to operate out of fear instead of out of confidence. So who would you be today? Just think about this. Who would you be if you had total victory over fear? What is fear robbing you of? What I really hope for this morning is that we would each be able to look fear in the eyes and walk through. 
that we would be able to become the people that God made us to be, walking fearless lives of freedom. That's what Galatians 5.1 says in the New Testament. It says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. I want to be able to stand firm in that freedom. I don't want to be burdened again with a yoke of slavery to fear. I think you're probably in that same boat. In Proverbs 28.1, it says, The wicked man flees, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. I want to be bold and fearless like God created me to be. I hope you do too. So keep listening. We're going to get to some ways that you could do that. So basically, the idea is these fears that prevent my growth and specifically prevent my growth with God can be ended. So the truth is that no matter where you are, no matter what fears you have experienced up until now, you can get over those fears and live a fearless life. Here are a few fears that have tended to bother me. I have feared far too often what other people think of me. I've had multiple insecurities based in those same fears. I've feared totally surrendering to God. I've feared saying or doing the wrong thing. And oftentimes, I have feared sharing my faith. I don't need to fear those things. See, the Bible tells me that the world is not going to like me if I am following Jesus. That's okay. I need to be okay with other people not liking me. That will free me up to be who God made me to be and to do what he made me to do. Luke 6.22 says, Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man, Jesus. And then 2 Timothy 3.12 tells us, In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So I don't need to fear those things. I can know with confidence that some people will not like me. That's all there is to it. That's okay. Once I get comfortable with that, I can get freed up to be the person that God made me to be. Paul had that confidence. Writing in the New Testament, in the book of Romans, in chapter 1, verse 16, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. So I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of my Savior. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. Even if the world doesn't like me, that's okay. I'm not ashamed of my Savior. So I kind of want to take a little bit of a tangent here for a moment. I want to talk about snowboarding. If you live in Durango, you probably love the outdoors. And you probably love skiing, snowboarding, telemarking, things like that. I was sponsored by Drive Snowboards, and I to this day love to snowboard. Now, God uses all sorts of things to grow us. It doesn't just have to be church where we grow or a book where we grow, but God can use everything in your life to help you grow. One of the things that God used to grow me was snowboarding. And the reason that I grew through snowboarding is snowboarding taught me to take risks. Every time I went down a new slope, every time I rode the backcountry, every time I rode a new jump, every time I tried a new trick, all those things took risk. And as I took those risks, I cultivated a sense of adventure and a willingness to face fear and to go through it and to grow as a person as a result. I wouldn't be where I am today if it hadn't been for snowboarding. And I thank God that God used snowboarding in my life in that way. Whenever I'd go snowboarding, I would try to do my hardest trick first. I would do the hardest, most scary thing I knew to do first run of the day. And the reason I did that is because I thought if I took that action right off the bat, I wouldn't live the rest of the day in fear. And I think it's kind of like that with all types of fear. The longer I wait, the more the fear builds and builds and builds. 
Whereas if I can just break through that fear right off the bat, I'll begin to live a fearless life. So it's the same with any type of fear. The longer you think about it, the worse it gets. But if you'll just be committed to taking the step and walking through it, the fear will dissipate. It will vanish. It will be gone. And you'll be free to live the rest of your life without that fear. So I'd encourage you right now, wherever you're at and whatever fear is in your life, to walk through that because it will really set the stage for walking through the rest of the fears that you're sensing. So even when there really is a reason to fear, I have to remember a few things. In Psalm 23, verse 4, David says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. If you're a believer, if you know Jesus Christ, no matter where you find yourself in life, no matter what fearful situation you're in, you can be confident that God is walking right alongside you through that situation, even if it were literally the shadow of death. And you could say, like the psalmist, I will fear no evil. In Psalm 18.2, we're told, The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. See, as a believer, I can walk with confidence that I'm not doing this alone. I'm walking with my Savior right alongside me. And there is no fear when I'm walking with him because he is stronger than anything I could possibly fear. We'll get to some more about that in a minute. But basically, fear doesn't just disappear. It must be conquered by taking steps of faith. Like I said a minute ago, the longer you wait, the greater fear seems to become. It doesn't just vanish. We like to say fear will not vanish on its own. It must be crushed. That's where we got the crush fear name from, the concept that I must take the step to crush that fear. So if I wait for fear to leave before I act, I'll never act and the fear will never leave. I must take the step to conquer that fear. Mark Twain put it this way, courage isn't the absence of fear, it is the presence of fear, yet the will to go on. That's a powerful statement. Let me read it again. Courage isn't the absence of fear, it is the presence of fear, yet the will to go on. It's saying, I'm going to go on regardless of the fear that I feel, regardless of the fear that I'm sensing. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The God Solution on KDUR 91.9 and 93.9 FM here in Durango. You can also listen online at KDUR.org. I'm Nate Herbst, and we're talking about fear this morning and how to live a fearless life. We just finished up our Crush Fear Summer Project. We had students from all over the country. 30 students came here from 22 states to crush their fears and to better become the people that God made them to be, to live the fearless lives that God created them to live, accomplishing all the purpose that he created them for. And this morning, we're talking about fear, and I'm hoping that as you hear some of these same notes that we shared with the students, you'll get to that place of conquering fear so that you can live a fearless life accomplishing all that God put you here to accomplish. So how do you go on? How do you conquer fear? Well, here are some pointers. Number one, I conquer fear by fearing God. That's kind of interesting. But the fear of God displaces all other fear. And I'm going to describe the fear of God in a minute. But first of all, I want to talk about Matthew 10.28. Matthew 10.28, Jesus tells us not to fear man or death but instead to fear God. See, he gives us a key that fearing God displaces all other fear. 
Fearing God doesn't mean that I'm scared of God. In fact, 1 John 4.18 says there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. If I have a relationship with God, I do not have to fear his judgment. On a side note, if I don't have a relationship with God, I should fear what the Bible tells me is a reality of an eternity separated from God if I don't come into that forgiving relationship with him. But as a believer, I do not have to fear God. In fact, fearing God really means honoring, respecting, and having an awe of God. You could think of it kind of like the mountains in Colorado. Like I said before, if you live here, you probably love the outdoors, and you probably love the mountains. If you love the mountains, you probably also respect the mountains. I have had one friend get killed in the mountains. You probably have also. That doesn't mean that I fear the mountains. That doesn't mean that I hate the mountains. I still love the mountains. I love hiking. I love camping. I love backpacking. I love snowboarding. I love a whole lot that we can do in the mountains. But I have a healthy respect of the mountains. I know that if I violate the laws of the mountains, I'm going to suffer. I also know that if I obey the laws of the mountains, I'm going to have some of the greatest times of my life. And it's kind of that way with God. When I fear God, I have a healthy awe and respect of him. I recognize that all the laws that he's laid down for us are there for my own good. And if I violate those, there are going to be natural consequences. I realize that there is a fear of going my own way and doing my own thing because I will reap the natural consequences of that. If I'm a Christian, I'm still going to have that relationship with Christ. He's still going to forgive me. But there are consequences that won't be fun. So fearing God really means honoring and respecting him. He's the only one that I answer to. And if I have that concept of God, that he's all that matters, if I'm living for his approval and no one else's approval, I really won't have any other fear because no one can harm me if I'm in his will. If I fear God, I won't fear man. I won't fear anything else. So first of all, I conquer fear by fearing God. I'll talk more in a minute about what it means to have a relationship with God. But for now, the book of Proverbs tells us a whole lot about the fear of the Lord. I'm going to summarize it in a brief statement here. This comes from the entire book. Proverbs tells us that the fear of the Lord is the source of knowledge and wisdom. It gives strong confidence. It gives and lengthens life. It gives contentment, wealth, and honor. It is better than wealth. It teaches us to hate, depart from, and avoid evil. Neglecting it results in destruction. It comes by accepting his words, seeking understanding diligently, and looking for it as for treasure. We're told to be zealous for the fear of God and to fear God always. Proverbs tells us that the man who fears the Lord will be blessed, and the woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So fearing God literally means submitting to his lordship and then dying to myself. That's the second key to beating fear. I conquer fear by dying to myself. All through the Bible, we hear about dying to ourself and letting God live through us. The Apostle Paul put it this way in Philippians 3.10, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. That's literally what happens when I learn to die to myself. I get to experience the power of his resurrection. What a phenomenal thing. There is no fear in the power of his resurrection. In fact, the greatest fear, death, has been eclipsed in the resurrection. And if I can die to myself, I can have that same fearlessness found in the power of the resurrection. So dying to myself results in the power of his resurrection. No bondage, no fear. 
retired Marine Colonel John Ripley, with a few hundred men, held off 20,000 invading troops after being given the orders to, quote, hold and die. Can you imagine being given the orders on the battlefield to hold and die? Colonel Ripley put it this way. He said, when you know you're not going to make it, a wonderful thing happens. You stop being cluttered by the feeling that you're going to save your butt. Let me read that again. When you know you're not going to make it, a wonderful thing happens. You stop being cluttered by the feeling that you're going to save your butt. (laughs) In other words, when I die to myself or at least get to that place of recognizing that I don't have to protect myself, I get to this place of freedom where I'm really freed up from that fear of losing my own life. So as I die to myself daily, as I take up my cross daily, as I lose myself and find myself only in him daily, I really am released from all other fear. In the book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible, in chapter 12, verse 11, it says, They have conquered by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they did not cling to life even in the face of death. When I get to that point of realizing that my life is in Christ, it's not in the things of this world, I really will become fearless. And if I'm not fearless, if I'm fearful, I can know with confidence that I haven't yet gotten to that place of full surrender to Christ. If I'm in the center of God's will, nothing, nothing can harm me. My family spent some time in Colombia when I was growing up, in Bogota. We lived in one of the worst places of the city. It was a very dangerous time back in the late 80s and early 90s in Colombia. During that time, everybody, including a lot of family members, said, don't go there, it's too dangerous. Well, while we were there in this very dangerous place in the center of God's will for us, my uncle back in Austin, Texas, was murdered. See, the point is that wherever I'm at, if I'm in God's will, I'll be protected. And wherever I'm at, if I'm dying to myself, I won't be walking in fear. The third way that I conquer fear is by knowing and applying God's word. Joshua 1, 8 through 9, probably one of the greatest passages in scripture about conquering fear, says, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So I conquer fear literally by knowing and applying God's word. If I have the map, I'm not going to get scared of losing my way. Fourth, I conquer fear by praying. In Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, as I pray, as I just talk to God, and as I'm honest with him, then all other fear dissipates, and I have the result of that prayer, which is the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. So I want to encourage you, don't wait for peace. Take the step by faith and achieve the peace that he's already given you. Fifth, I conquer fear by taking the step of faith and the power of his Holy Spirit. For all of you that know Christ out there, the Bible tells you that the Holy Spirit lives in you. And I can tell you one thing, the Holy Spirit is not afraid of anything. See, if I'm living in the power of the Holy Spirit, I am not going to be afraid of what anyone or anything can do to me. I often tell my students, get yourself into a situation where if God doesn't show up, you're in trouble or you're dead. And see, when we take those steps of faith, trusting the Holy Spirit in us, God will do great things and he literally will help us live a fearless life. So recapping, I conquer fear by one, fearing God, two, 
dying to myself, three, knowing and applying his word, four, praying, and five, taking the step by faith in the power of the Holy Spirit. See, God has put us right here for a huge purpose for this specific time in history. Never in history has there been a greater need for people to step up fearlessly and be a part of the solution rather than the problem. As long as we're living in fear, we'll never be part of the solution. And that's why I want to encourage you to break through these fears. Chesty Polar is arguably the greatest Marine ever. He and his men were surrounded by hundreds of thousands of Chinese troops in the Chosin Reservoir. His troops came to him. They were terrified. They all thought they were going to die. They didn't know what to do. And he responded to his troops with one of the most courageous quotes I've ever heard. Again, surrounded by hundreds of thousands of the enemy, Chesty responded by saying, We got them right where we want them now. There is no way they're going to get away this time. And then they fought their way out and the men were saved. What if we had that attitude about the life that we live? No matter what kind of circumstances came against us, no matter how bad things looked, no matter how bad the news got, we could say, we are right where we want to be now. There's no way that the enemy's getting away this time. We could break right through and accomplish all that God put us here to accomplish. It reminds me of Daniel, who was thrown to the lions instead of forsaking God, and God protected him. Or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were thrown into the fiery furnace because they wouldn't bow their knees. And God was with them and protected them. Or remember Esther who said, if I perish, I perish. And she trusted God and she took a step of faith and the entire nation of Israel was saved through her courage. Or what about Gideon who defeated the entire army of the Midianites with only 300 men because he was willing to trust God and walk fearlessly, accomplishing all that God intended for him to accomplish. Remember Peter and John in Acts 4, or Stephen in Acts 7, who were willing to die for their faith. And then we're told that his disciples, that Jesus' disciples, boldly turn the world upside down as a result of their fearless dependence on him and their willingness to go anywhere and do anything that he told them to do. See, today, even right now, thousands are being martyred for Christ. In fact, I think the official number is somewhere around 180,000 Christians will be martyred for their faith this year alone. What if we, in such a safe country, had that kind of fearlessness to be able to love people fearlessly without insecurities, to be able to serve people fearlessly without wondering about how we're going to benefit? What if we could take some steps of faith fearlessly right here in our own country, like so many of our brothers and sisters are doing around the world. See, we really could turn this world upside down. If we were living the fearless lives that God created us to live, we could literally turn our country and our world upside down. See, God is so worthy, guys, of our fearlessly led lives. So again, as we finish out the show, I want to encourage you that we conquer fear by fearing God, by dying to ourselves, by knowing and applying his word, by praying, and by taking a step of faith in the power of the Holy Spirit. Then we really can live the fearless lives God's called us to live. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the show. Check out eternityimpact.blogspot.com to give us some feedback and to check out previous shows. Again, that's eternityimpact.blogspot.com. Please check it out. Let us know what you think. Leave us any questions or anything you'd like us to talk about in the future on the show. We'd love to get to it. I'd also like to tell you that today, if you feel like you're trapped in fear, 
Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You will find rest from your fears. You will find courage only in a relationship with Christ. Summarizing how you can achieve that briefly, I'd put it this way. Jesus says that he loves you unconditionally, but you're sinful, and sin separates us from God. You're sinful, and I'm sinful too. We're selfish. We go our own way. Jesus, God in human flesh, came and died on the cross and paid for all my sin, past, present, and future, so that if I would put my trust in him, I could have salvation. And that's what I want to ask you to do today. If you don't have a relationship with God, you can start one right now by saying, Jesus, I love you. I ask you to come into my life and to forgive my sins. Thank you for becoming my Savior and my Lord. And if you say that, and if you mean that, and you genuinely desire to surrender your life to Christ's Lordship, he says he will literally come into your life and begin a relationship with you. And that relationship literally will free you from all other fear. If you've never met Jesus, I would encourage you to take that step today. Only he can relieve you from your fears. I'd also ask you to check out a local church if you don't have one. Durango Christian Church is a great place that you could visit. They meet at 9.30 a.m. on the corner of 3rd Avenue and 11th Street. Again, that's 9.30 a.m. on the corner of 3rd Avenue and 11th Street. If you get a chance to visit them, go ahead and tell John that I said hi. Well, I'm Nate Herbst. I'm so thankful that you listened. Please listen again next week, same time, 8.30 a.m. on KDUR 91.9 and 93.9 FM Durango or KDUR.org online. I hope you have a fearless week this week. Thanks for listening. Have a great Sunday.